Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. And it's finally here. NFL 2019 Week 1 with my Wise Guy Roundtable. All right. So my bet is under in the first half Bears Packers under 23 and a half. It's out there. We've bet it. Fez told me on air on straight out of Vegas. We bet it on air a thousand dime. And he goes, I go, are we down Fez? He goes, absolutely. There you go. So I'm not going to say the handicap is great. It might be beyond great. You haven't heard this handicap anywhere. Brad, what do you think of this handicap? It's brilliant. I, I would I'll tell you, brilliant. You know, I think it's our best handicap. Our, you didn't have anything to do with it. Oh, sorry. You guys, it's ah, best handicap. You didn't have anything to do with that it. That prop bet on the, the Ramadan, Ramadan feast. Fez, how much did you have to do with this bet? Zero. Other than getting it down. Zero. RJ's bet. It's your bet. Hey, listen. It's brilliant. It's going to win. I'll take, no, no, no. I hope. 55%. I hope. That's the goal. All you got to do is give those 55%. Percenters. Thanks for enlightening me on this particular subject, RJ. All right, guys, let's do it. Showtime! Woo! Okay, Falcons, Vikings. All right, Fezzy Wezzy, let me see here. That's a term of endearment. Very masculine. (laughs) All right, so here's what we're going to do. Fez, you're going to lead it off. Because the thing we were saying about every one of these except for my best bet. And that's interesting. We should, uh, No, let's just do it the normal way. I got a best bet, though. So I actually like two games a lot. I'll give both of those. Brad didn't fully handicap. He was getting ready for college. and But you handicapped, so he's coming in short notice. He's making three picks. You've got them written down? I got them. Like, like, let me see them. I want to make Because I don't want you and Fez on the same freaking picks. All right. All right, all right, that's good. All right, so Fez, you actually like the total. Vikings, Falcons, by the way, it's minus four for the Vikings at home. And the total, I don't have the updated number. 48. 48, go. Um, I like the under 48, and it's because the Vikings had a fundamental change at the end of last year. They went with a new offensive coordinator, Stefanski, and they went ahead and committed. Uh, what week run. was this? This was week 15. Ooh. So the last three weeks, the Vikings had been throwing the ball two-thirds of the time all year long. The last three weeks, they pounded the rock, ran the ball half the time. Now, two of the three Viking games went under. There was a game that went over against Miami, but that was a fluky game. There's only 600 yards of offense. So that game, that total was 45. 600 yards of offense should not have been enough to get it up and over, but Miami got like a pick-six touchdown and a long-run fluke touchdown. If this had, if the last three Viking games had all gone under, I'd make the case of, oh, the marketplace would have recognized what was going on. But because we did have a 58-point game along with the 36 and the 34, I think the market is still asleep on this. And I think if you blindly bet Vikings games, each and every one of them in September, you're, you've got a good chance to have good bets each and every game. I'm under 48. Like it. 
<clears throat> is there ever a time that you are going to bet something blind like that? Because I think it's dangerous to say it like that. I think to say you're going to lean this way automatically, this is such a strong lean that you figure you'll bet two or three or maybe all four. But you got to make it so the listener, I think, knows it's not a blind bet. Yeah, it's a great point. So it's, I'm looking to bet under in Viking games. And if you had to over under how many of the four first four you, that you're going to go under on with your own money? Two or three of them. All right. Now listen, whoever says I'm hard on Fezzik, and there's a lot of you, <laughs> that handicap, that's it. Good angle. Yep. You had the data. You didn't overdo it with why you just said a you know a number of yards. And you didn't tell us a big story about some fumble in the second quarter. It was great. That's it. Book that. Listen to that one. And really, what did it have? Had one good strong angle. Yep. Had some data. That's it. Good job. Eagles Redskins lines up to ten. By the way, we'll be talking about the quarterback snaps when noteworthy. Went zero. Faz, what do you got? It's an interesting game here. I lean to Philadelphia. Just a lean, RJ. Now, and guys, for the new listeners, lean means it's literally a fifty point one to maybe fifty two point eight, fifty three. It means it's clear. I like this team. But I'm not laying one time with this team is really what it's saying. Yes. And from a pure power rating perspective, hey, I like Philadelphia. I got Philadelphia 10 points better on a neutral site. So you add in home field. Wow. We're only laying nine and a half in this game. That's really cheap because we get home field advantage for Philly. I I had 10. There's nine and a half out there. Go ahead. So what's stopping me? Well, what's stopping me? There's this trend out there. I want to ask both of you about this. Divisional dogs have done great in recent years in week one. So the two divisional opponents know each other really well. It turns out if you blindly bet the dog in these week one divisional games, you're 17-4-1 against the spread. And that kind of makes sense to me. Two teams that really know themselves well going to play some closer games. I don't want to go against that trend. Okay. So sample size. we got to get a draw for sample size. I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> It, it could be like a lady at a buffet. <laughs> Give me, this is improper sample size. Give me more sh- um, <laughs> crab legs. <laughs> All right. Jets, Bills. Jets favored by three. Three flat. Fez. All right, so the Jets at linebacker cluster injuries. Uh, Williamson, he's a pretty good linebacker. He's the number two linebacker on the team. Pro Football Focus has him rated the 25th best linebacker. Hey, he's only one guy, but uh, their fourth best guy at linebacker Copeland is suspended for four games as well. So Jets have a couple linebackers out. And frankly, I'm a little bit worried. And RJ, who's better to predict how Mr. Bell will do running the rock than you from Pittsburgh? He has a unique running style where he kind of waits for the holes to open up. And I think that the first couple weeks with the Jets, that might be some getting used to, right, with the linemen and their blocking. It's interesting. I had never thought of that. So good point. How many carries did he have in the preseason? Didn't play. Hmm. So now the question is, do we go under bow for rush yards? But on the other hand, are they going to try to establish him? There's nothing they'd want more than for Bell to have like 140 yards yeah. and there's a sense of momentum. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pass week one. I'm going to watch. If they pound the rock to him and they go over, but his yards per carry is like 3-6, then week two under. 
What do you think? I like that. Rush yard. I, I like that. One more factoid or factor on this is that no major injuries, but the Jets have had minor injuries across their O-line. I think all these guys are going to play, but they've been banged up. And did it hurt their play in the preseason? Didn't. Or, or the number of snaps? Yeah, I didn't really evaluate it. Okay. So just to be clear, this is just a lane. Yes. Would you agree, and I mean it seems hard to disagree, that you're that just I decided to spend a minute or two helping you and your little trend that was over five years and all that, we've expanded that to be very noteworthy. Yes, and because of that, that's why it started as a lean, and I'm thinking to myself, I got, maybe I should be betting this, RJ. Yeah, if I can get even money on because I what did you see the VIG here? Because I saw the Jets a little higher. No, nah, it's three. It's three flat. flat. All the money's been coming in on the dog. Really? Yeah. All right. Brad, your thoughts. Now you got three bets. No bets yet. No bets yet. They're coming. I promise. Did you? Were you able to see like three of Fez's pages? And that's no. I'll tell you. I I even told Fez. I was like, I'm not rolling rolling down that road this year. We're gonna take some chances. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. So what do you got here? I leaned to the Bills. A couple things. You know, Josh Allen coming into the pros last year. I, I was not buying Josh Allen at all. In fact, low completion percentage. In exactly. Comp. But he actually impressed me. He actually exceeded my expectations. He's not getting a lot of publicity. It's it's Sam Darnold and how Darnold finished the month of December. How did he finish? Yeah, I mean, the, the stats out there, I think the Jets are a little Colin bit better be collecting his percentage from the <laughs> Darnold estate. Yeah. Well, the stats that are out there, the month of December, he had the best QBR. But I think that's getting overplayed. I'm tired of hearing that. <laughs> it's getting overplayed, so am I. That's why I'm leaning with the Bills. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, here's what I'm going to say. If I can get a seven, my best bet is the Texans. <laughs> what? No, what I'm saying is there's, there's in seven. Vegas, it's all seven. Yeah, yeah, it's all seven. And then other places, it's, it's six and a half. I mean, this is a sharp. And then on the other side, I like the Ravens. Ravens are six and a half. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Best bet, Ravens. Because I don't want there to be one. Everyone can get six and a half on the Ravens, it seems like now. It, it, all right, so here's why. It's really simple. One... If you look at Lamar Jackson's passing, though it's low volume, and we were talking about that earlier, we said, oh, only nine passes. I guess we were on straight out of Vegas when it was golf in week, the first half of week one last week because, hey, he didn't play. Was he rusty? You go, he was quite efficient. It's like, well, how many passes? Nine. It's like, well, yeah. When you only throw nine times and you're running, 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 it's like the old option quarterback throwing, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a good point. So to me, Lamar Jackson will probably – you could probably make some money in a bar bet like saying, I think Lamar Jackson's QBR, especially QBR because it considers rushing, is going to be in the top half of the league. What, what true odds would you put on that? Because I think most people would say, well, God, that seems like a three-to-one shot or something, right? I think he's better than 50-50 to be in the top half of the league because he runs really well yep. all time. And if he doesn't pass a ton, they don't account for frequency of passing, right? Right. If someone's one out of one for a touchdown, they have like 157 or whatever it is. But this is QBR. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying. That's interesting. Would you take that at even money, Fess? Top 16? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Top 16 of starting quarter. Each team gets one quarterback designated. I guess you can't have two qualified. Can't. Or maybe you can. I don't know. I don't think you can. Um, yeah, so top 16. Amongst qualifying quarterbacks. Hmm. So it's a tough call. It's a cut. But who would think that? Because the assumption is what Lamar Jackson's in about. What do you have Lamar Jackson on your quarterback? I'm my number 30. 
<laughs> and uh, Baltimore does get to play the two worst teams in the NFL weeks one and two. So maybe they don't I, have to I mean, show I, anything. I've got to be – well, see, that's interesting. If, if you think that – I don't think – again, Fez, <laughs> this idea that you're saying, oh, this is kind of an easy game the Cowboys got, you know, they're favored mm. by three – I mean, the line is, is six and a half in this game. <laughs> it's not college. Yeah, no, I mean, not Alabama, call, Mexico State. But even if it is, Tennessee just got beat. I mean, yeah. you know, so <laughs> I agree if they have three or four in their pocket and they're up by 17, they might hold them back. It's that simple for me. Mm. If I got a seven, I would lean Miami at home. And keep in mind, I'll say this, Miami traditionally a very poor home team. Since they reconfigured the stadium with that canopy thing, the opposing teams. Good point. What's the weather supposed to be? Now, I tell you this. I don't know if the data backs up. In fact, I don't think it does, but it feels so logical to me. I still am going to say it. I love road teams in week one just in general. Maybe take a gander because what's one of the big deals about week one is travel travel and you don't have as much prep time, even if it's a full week and you've got all these strengths. Well, heck, you can leave a couple days early. There's all kind of things. Got a you can, 10-day week. The best time to play a Thursday night game, I can promise you, is that first Thursday. Because you get that Thursday night game out of the way, and there's no disadvantage. Mm-hmm. This century road teams week one, 51%. All right, Tampa Bay and... <laughs> <laughs> I love Jimmy G. Fezix 49ers. Fez? Feels like it's about as bad of an offseason as the 49ers could have had. Or specifically that Jimmy G could have had. He had, what was it, nine straight interceptions in practice? Five. Five, five. And what were the odds of that? And the calculation was simple, or at least it was clear cut. You said, all right, what's the uh, interception rate in the NFL? And then to the power five. 25 million to one. Doesn't happen every day. No. In fact, you could flip coins for the rest of your life and it probably wouldn't happen. And it would, it probably would have to be like a 33 sided die, right? Because it's, what was right. it, 3%? Yeah. <laughs> That's wild, though. Imagine you had a 33 sided die. And you got to roll And you said 33, three, or five straight times? Holy freaking cow. And then you add in, again, just basic metagame. Once he's got three, throw it into the ground or send him to the locker room and say, oh, I think he hurt. I think that shoulder is acting up on him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like have it flapping around like a chicken wing. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, and, you know, my memory's good sometimes. Week two of this preseason, Jimmy G's passer rating. 0.0. My question is, what starting quarterback in the NFL has even one bad, glaring, oh my, hmm, I wonder if that's cause for concern, than those two from Jimmy G? Yeah, and 0.0. So when you say, yeah, what you mean? Nobody no. else. What, what's the number three glaring concern of NFL starting quarterbacks? A factoid, let's say, that was based on <laughs> the regulars or the preseason or practice associated with it. I don't have one. Brad? I don't have one either. I don't either. No. So where do, 
let's get into the game. What's your thoughts on Jimmy G? How concerned are you? I'm concerned. I mean, I think the the fact, hey, the practice I dismissed, and then the horrendous. Yeah, twenty five million. Wow, what the hell? <laughs> and then the horrendous game, and then happens every day. And, and then you know, week three had a decent game against Kansas City, but I, it goes back to what you were saying. And RJ. I heard they game planned the right. heck out of that game. Back to what you're Shanahan. saying, like, hey, you know, we're ta- taking a lot of heat, and because of that, I I would say I've got more uncertainty about Jimmy G in San Francisco going into this year, and that's why I'm passing this game. I mean, how amazing would it be if Belichick knew all along <laughs> that Jimmy G was just another Matt Castle? I mean, what yeah. what do we what what round did he go in? I think second. Yeah, and where did he quarterback? Eastern Illinois. Huh. So by definition, he wasn't recruited heavily. Did he have some big growth spurt? <laughs> no, no. Right. So it's like. Right now, if you didn't know what the public perception of Jimmy G was, you didn't know his contract, and all you saw were the pure numbers, and they asked you, will this guy be in the league in three years? Would anyone even be sure of that? Meaning, Brad, go ahead. No, I no. I mean, I, oh, I thought you I, had you had a, a stat or something you were giving us. No, I just yeah, it's second round Eastern Illinois. And I think it was your stat that blindly comparing his stats to Mullins, they were comparable, right? I mean, last listen, years. we did, comparable. They were freaking identical. It's kind of <laughs> freaky how identical they've been. So I'll let you finish your handicap, and I'll throw out the Jimmy G stuff. I would make the case that we're framing, and we've talked about this in different contexts, that the range is: is Jimmy G an all timer, or is Jimmy G just going to be a you know eighth, ninth best quarterback for the rest of his career? I'm wondering if he's any better than Andy Dalton. And I would bet he is. I wouldn't lay minus 200. I agree with that. But he just signed a franchise. I mean, look at the people, and we'll talk about it maybe when we get to golf and the Rams. Well, I guess that's the – oh, no, 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 that's not the Thursday. Yeah, we'll talk about where Jimmy G fits on that list because golf's now three, right, on annual salary. So finish the handicap. Yeah, so just a couple factoids here for you. Exactly. I'm Hashtag. Uh, the heat and humidity certainly obviously favors Tampa. A lot of travel for San Francisco, but the 49ers do catch a break here. They get a later start time that alleviates some of the problems of the West Coast going east. And personally, I always have a lot of concerns when there's a 10 a.m. start time week one. And the reason being, think about it, all the preseason games – typically are at night, almost all of them. So what's your, what's your biggest shock to your system? Week five when you go out and have to play three hours than what you're used to? Or week one when now you're playing nine, ten hours earlier than what you're used to? And so San Francisco does get a break with the later start time. When you say week five, you're just making up a week that they have to travel east. Yes. But you just said week five. Or week eight or anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But you just said week five and moved on. Yeah. But somehow I speak Fez. Thanks did, you, for did you even that. get that one? I did, actually. That, but that was tenuous even for you. Brad speaks <laughs> Fez, too. Yeah. Thank God we're here. I'd love to see Fez just do a solo pod. We, we tried that we did the mini we, pod. But we could do like an open thread of people asking questions. It'd be at, at the seven-second mark, he says, and yeah. it'd be like at the 11 second. I mean, <laughs> it would be so fascinating to like annotate a, like a 40-minute monologue from Fezzik. I'd listen. Oh, I'd listen? Yeah. It'd be fascinating. 
Next game. I'll pull up those Marlins stats. I'm trying. Chiefs, Jags. Chiefs on the road, three and a half. Now, amongst the teams with the quarterbacks, one of the things I like, Mahomes, 19 passes in the preseason. For an MVP all-time season to have that many passes, I think, is a good sign. Andy Reid's keeping them, you know, making sure to work through whatever they're going through or whatever they're working on. That's a positive to me. Fez, what do you got? Got a prop bet on this one, RJ. I really like this play. I'm going to go Tyreek Hill under. My buy price is 85 yards. So the market, uh, there's no line yet. You're giving a buy price. Yes, and his average last year was 92.5, and that's why I threw out 85, which I do think is going to be obtainable. Here's what's going on. So these teams played last year, and Tyreek Hill did not have a good game. He got 61 yards against Jacksonville. Jalen Ramsey ran press coverage at the line of scrimmage, so really good corner to stop him, and the Jaguars double-teamed Hill um, the entire game. And I expect we're going to see more of the same for them to take away Tyreek Hill. And because of that. So you're saying they had their best corner, one of the league's best corners on them, and they double teamed them behind them? Yes. Wow. And that open up for anybody else? Yeah. How'd the game go? Kelsey. Kelsey becomes the the guy that you want to look at. What was the final score in the game? Um, It was a blowout. I don't have the final score. I'll look it up. Bortles was unbelievably bad in that game. It was uh, raining. And I think the Chiefs ended up winning by, like, three touchdowns, Fez. I remember because I bet Jacksonville. Yards, 2278. Yards per attempt, 8.5, 8.3. Just a quick pick, and we'll get Fez's thoughts. Here he is, Uncle Dave. Chiefs-Jaguars under 52 Sunday. Let's face facts. Chiefs totals are always going to be jacked up. But here, entirely too much. Last year, the Patriots showed everyone exactly how to minimize Hill. They say losing Hunt's no big deal. I think it might be. Mahomes only threw for 300 yards once after he was gone. Foles or no Foles, Jacksonville will struggle to score. They were third in yards per play last year. Foles isn't going to elevate that right away, especially with Jacksonville missing parking practice this week. They put up 29 points in the preseason. They'll play keep away with a heavy dose of Fournette. Spagnuolo will make the Chiefs better, but they're not going to have to be good to keep Jacksonville's offense in check. These guys played in Arrowhead last year, put up 44. That's 44 last year, and I don't expect much more than that Sunday. Jags Chiefs under 52 points easily. So repeating again, Esler on the under, under Kansas City, Jacksonville. What do you think, Fez? In a weird way, I think that under is inversely correlated to your prop. Because in a weird way, if they oversell it to stop Hill – I think it helps Kansas City in general because we saw last time, you know, tight ends doing well, Kelsey, whatever. And if they don't oversell, if they do something different, that could only be good, right? Because it was so bad last time. But then all of a sudden your total bet doesn't look as, or your prop doesn't look as good. I think it could go both ways because you could, you could certainly see Tyreek Hill, you know, if he breaks an 80-yard bomb, I'm going to lose my bet. And then it's going to be bad for the total also. Oh, no. I mean, maybe I should. You're right. Let me say it like this. And let me clarify, because I think I said that a little bit wrong. In general, if the best receiver goes over, you would think that how that's a good offensive sign. I'm saying in this case, I think how Hill does is going to be based on does Jacksonville overcommit to stopping him. And if they do, I think it hurts the team in general. Yeah. So in a weird way, I would say, 
So what would you think the correlation is in general? You just say the best team or the best receiver on a passing team goes over his expected yards. What's the over for the total get to? Does it get to 56, 57? No, I think it's worth like one point. That's it? That's it. Oh, that seems short. He knows I was setting him up for a bet. And, yeah. and, and, and it's like, you got to give the honest numbers. Right? I, remember, if I ask you a question with the odds, are, that's not you saying you'll bet it, right? I'm asking you a question. So you can give me the honest number. So what's the honest number? I thought one, one point's a lot. That's a pretty big adjustment. Oh, I thought you meant one percentage point. No, no, one point on the no, total. No, but I'm talking about the percentage points. Like, if what I'm saying is, if you know the guy went over, what do you think the totals hit in that case? I'm not fifty-three percent. Sure. All right, yeah, I don't see why the one point would ever okay. get into the calculation, right? All right, fifty-three. So that means you would give me plus one thirteen. Yes. All right, I want it. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. So, Titans, Browns, boy, I tell you, you look at Baker Mayfield's Preseason stats, not good. Second most attempts, not a good preseason. I don't know how much it tells us. He is second year, so I think they were trying. Browns favored by five and a half. And Fess has a lean. Lean to the Titans here, and a big part of it is the Browns being in a role that they are not used to being in, RJ. The last four years, the Browns have been a five-point favorite twice, and that's it. They failed in both of those games. They're 0-2 against the spread, and I think – Think about this. The Browns are used to being coming in as the underdog. You agree the 0-2 is meaningless, right? Right, right. But, 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 so you but, just like to throw the meaningless stats in for color? Factoid. Fa- well, factoid should mean something. But uh, all right. But, but, but you but, know what's but funny? the new role, is, I think, is significant. I agree. You know what's funny? When I tweet something out, it says it's like 80 and 1. I get seven, eight people every time saying, what was the one? They're all in. Did they cover so in a weird way, I think some of the audience cares. I think what you maybe should do in that spot is give the info and say, by the way, you should not care about this. But go ahead. Mm, fair, fair enough. And I, that really is my number one factor, that Cleveland in the new role, I think, is going to negatively impact them. So, I mean, I've mean, I got to be honest with you. we got to dig a little deeper into these games. So in not saying that, because there's a couple of things. One, where do you think the market is wrong? And maybe with just the lean, you think in one place or undervaluing this. Unused- yeah, Cleveland is, a, is an ultra-hyped public team. You know, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, so so, so it seems like if you have an ultra-hyped public team and you have them in a strange role, that feels like a like. So what's stopping you? My power rating made this spread right where it's at. So then really, the, they're not all that hyped. Yeah. At least by the your by, power. By my power. Or maybe your power ratings have the hype. Maybe Baker Mayfield's the next Jimmy G. We'll find out. I'm guessing no. <laughs> we did a symmetrical study of his face, and it doesn't pass mm. the Fred Van Vliet, <laughs> Fezzik, Jimmy G. Mustard. Brad. So I just queried it. The Browns is a five-point or more favorite since they returned in 1999. It's only This is only the 16th time in 20 years that they've been laying five or more. That seems high. 
Does it? <laughs> For the Browns? Yeah. Well, they've had like two good seasons in there where it probably happened multiple times. But I got a 1-19 and 19 trend for you here on the Browns. If you're, if you're going to bet the Browns, 1-19. and 19. The Browns in preseason openers are 1-18-1 straight up since they returned in 99. 1-18-1. And not only do you need them to win, you need them to cover 5.5. I'll lean with the Tennessee Titans here plus the 5.5. All right. Rams, Panthers. Now, this is where we get into, in fact, you did some good work on this. I said, wait, last year, one quarterback that was projected to start did not have any attempts in the preseason, Jared Goff. That shocked me because it's like, wait, this was the second year under McVay. He had a good first year. But, man, you just like Mahomes would be the analogy, except Mahomes was so much better in his one year. right? And Mahomes had 19, Goff zero. And I thought, how did the Rams do? Now, Faz, I'm going to make this one easy on you because we've gone through it a few times. Not good in the first half. If you're rusty, first half makes sense, right? They were, you may recall, against the Raiders on the road, favored by a touchdown or more, if I remember. And they were losing, was it 13, 10 and a half? Correct. All right. And as we said, Goff had nine attempts, a lot of running. That seems to me to be McVay saying, hey, hey, he's rusty. Let's take it easy, easy. Now, Goff just signed this contract. Fez is a handicapping show straight out of Vegas for the general sports talk with handicapping. Just search for RJ Bell. You can get the dream preview here and subscribe if you haven't. And also straight out of Vegas. So, Fez, it strikes me first half you want to look to you want to look for less scoring from the teams that did that sparingly or didn't play their quarterback. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. So here, that makes me want to play the Panthers. I like the Panthers if Cam's healthy. We know Cam didn't do much in the preseason because he got hurt. He's going to start. Right? He's not, is he even questionable? No, he's going to start. At this point, and if you don't have any feel for it, just say I don't have any feel – on a scale of 1 to 100, and obviously if he's starting, it's not going to be 1 or 0, how much towards fully healthy is he? Is he 90, 80? But I don't know, RJ. I appreciate that answer when you don't know. Socrates said a man who knows what he doesn't know knows a lot. But I'm going to pass it. What do you think? I'm going to pass it as well. I am going to tease. This is one of my, I've got one teaser this week, and this falls into the base. So one teaser... As in there's two teams? Correct. Good, okay. Right, yes. And so basic strategy with teasers, we like to tease through that corridor of three through seven, and we like to play home teams, and ideally we'd like to go ahead and play on teams that we were leaning to anyways. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. You're not going to get two of those in a week. Chances are, right, through three and seven. And, and also you want to much more you want to go up through three, seven, three and seven than down through three and seven. No, 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 no. no. 158%. And let's give credit. You know, MTI did a lot of work with mm-hmm. teasers, very much so. And again, it makes sense, which is variant. You know, the variance. And that's why you like home teams. Yes. They have less variance. Yes. And that's effectively what you're doing is buying points, buying th- uh, three through seven, you know, up through with the six points is buying the most valuable points. Yes. It's like if you could get Boardwalk and Park Place, but for the same price as Baltic Avenue. 
Now that's that one's gonna stick. Yeah, I like that one. Yep. You didn't know about the home team road team? No, I know. I I don't tease road. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You didn't know about going up versus going down. I did not. I know. Don't tease a road favorite of eight. That that's a bad subset. So so avoid those teams. So that presupposes then that the going down, Matt is is less attractive. Well, I thought the I I thought I could take. I thought I could take the home team at eight down to two or the home team. And two maybe up to you eight. can, but yeah. what I'm saying is if you're saying of the four variables, home team, away team, betting the dog, betting the favor, if the if the quadrant of uh, betting down, which is less attractive, and being on the road, which is less attractive, isn't playable, but being on the road is playable in other spots, that means that betting down is a negative. Or how could it be that that's the only quadrant that isn't playable, right? Right. But it looks like you're conf- – I mean, like, do you – are you giving me that look because you're not sure you agree? I, no, I, I'm giving you that look because I'm afraid I haven't done enough research on – because I, I did not quantify that that taking yeah. – You know what I can do is, uh, I, you know, next week we'll tease ahead. I'll pull that out and we'll do it at the end of the pod and I'll get the updated numbers. Very good. So I'm going to tease Carolina. Mm-hmm. I need a team to tease it with, mm-hmm. obviously. I'm going to tease Dallas, and I'm going to tease a seven down to one. All right, so Dallas we haven't gone over yet, right? Yes. So th- we're looking ahead to that. and and But g- the handicap here is just an advantage play plus what? Plus, I like the idea of fading the Super Bowl loser. As it turns out, the Super Bowl loser the last 20 years, 316-1 against the spread. So in week one, in week one. So think about this. I got a team that hasn't been playing their starters. They haven't been playing their quarterback and they're hung over from the Super Bowl. A lot points to a slow start by the Rams in this game. It's my birthday today. Happy birthday. I'm just grinding. Happy birthday. Yeah, I'm grinding Two, you know, over two hours in. We got like five or six games up. Lion. Whose fault is that, though? Right? Me. Lions. Cardinals. Brad, you've been against the Cardinals. It's up to two and a half. Oh, this is one of your picks. Yeah, this is one of my picks. Go ahead. What is it? So you're going to like this swerve job here. So I've been very anti-Arizona Cardinals all summer long. I don't think a historically small quarterback in Kyler Murray or a historically possibly bad head coach in Cliff Kingsbury, a guy that couldn't cut it at Texas Tech. I, don't I think, think with Kingsbury, it's fair to say a guy with the weakest pedigree uh, of maybe any Head coach ever higher in the NFL. Yes, that's exactly the the way to phrase that, RJ. So I'm selling the Arizona Cardinals long term. But if there's a game where Cliff Kingsbury can roll out some you know unique offensive schemes that that t- teams haven't seen on tape, Kyler Murray maybe surprises with his quickness. A team, I think it's this game, and this just so happens to be the game. If you're looking on the Arizona Cardinals schedule, it's the shortest lined game. If you're looking at CG Technologies line that have lines on every so single game. So you think game. they're thinking we might go on 16, we got to win this one? They're dogging every single game, RJ. And this is the shortest line. I think this is the most excited Arizona will be. I like Arizona in the not only for the full game plus two and a half, but I especially like them in the first half here because of that excitement. Okay, so you're saying the crowd's going to be excited. Yep. Okay, interesting. Kingsbury, by all counts, went vanilla. Yep, in the preseason. To the point where Murray was complaining in that yes. after the Raiders, the Raiders game. So that the sign is kind of like I'm having a mental block. The Bears coach. Nagy. 
Yeah, yeah like uh, Nagy or Nagy? Oh, it is Nagy. Right. Okay. Is uh, with um, Nagy, he went vanilla last year, and I think the first three, four games of the season, his scripting of the plays and all yes. that stuff was a huge edge for Chicago. Could be similar here. That's what I'm banking on. So, like for the pods purposes, but even better, you like plus first it's half. It's plus one in the first half. Yeah, you know, like pluses, and you like even more. Yeah. Yes. That's interesting. So you're saying Cardinals are plus two and a half, minus 105, so about plus two. And you're saying it's plus one. I guess yep. it's right down the middle. All right. Fez. Yeah, I'm going to lean to Arizona. I think this is a free roll. Brad nailed it. If we take Arizona at their word and they really were vanilla during the preseason, I think this is a really good bet. Now, if we're being lied but to— But if that's the case, then first half's even better. I agree. I agree. But now if we were being lied to, sold a bill of goods, and Arizona actually doesn't have something to really show us, well, then I think we've got just a fair 50, a 50-50 bet. So I like the free roll aspect of it. Guys, I, Brad, I'm impressed with that pick. I'm impressed. Now, I said that was going to be a little different this year. I, I love it. I love it. Astler's waking us up. I read nine newspapers a day. Brad Powers, Brad Power, Brad Powers, seven. That's still unknown why. <laughs> Bengals, Seahawks, Seahawks, nine and a half. This is kind of a pass for me. I don't feel like playing into the line move here. And I think Seattle, they're one of the best home field advantages, obviously, in the NFL. I'm just looking through it because I've been on Seattle, even in some of these big favorite roles. And Seattle is not only not covering mm-hmm. the spread here recently. It's, at home. Yeah, at home in a big favorite role. I mean, they've lost a couple of games outright. Uh, Eight-point favorite, outright loss. Eight-point favorite, outright loss. I'm looking at it here, and it's like three and six against the spread the last nine times they've been favored by seven or more at home. I'm not buying into that. Yeah, and if you actually look at seven or less – an amazing record, competitive yes. game at home. But think about it. Home field can be two things for the most part. The playing conditions. So the weather, I think in Green Bay, one of the best home fields, it's the slick grass, right? right? Or it's the crowd. Saints crowd, Seattle crowd, two of the best. When they're rocking, when the Saints had a couple of down years, weren't near as good. Mm-hmm. Seattle, I get it. They're making some trades and all that. But when they were rocking, it was this emerging team with a new coach that's huge in California. And then they became a Super Bowl caliber team. What are they now? What's their odds to win the Super Bowl? Meaning this team's so kind of relevant. Yeah. yeah. I just wonder now it's 10 years in. Does the excitement fade a little Mm. bit? You know, I don't know about the decimal. You know, they had those. I haven't seen that decimal thing up for a while, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, don't I know. like that. The decimal one. Or decibels? Me, yeah. Oh, decibels. Yeah, yes. I guess so. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's a good For point. the nearest decimal. Decimal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, Brad. One day I'll get good at this. <laughs> no, actually, to me, my quirky pronunciations, though I don't want to get it wrong, but when I say 100 or 100 instead of 100, I always have a comeback because when I'm in ESPN New York on Saturdays, 11 a.m., I do an hour with Dave Rothenberg, nice guy, good broadcaster. He'll, you know, when I just am killing him sometimes, he'll say, 
well, RJ, you know, you know, talking about pronunciation of player name. I go, you're absolutely right, Rothenberg. I go, I can hardly pronounce these names. Imagine how smart I must be. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it's like you take. That's a little hint for the kids out there. Take your weakness, and if you can, make it a strength, or at least not a weakness. Next game. Oh, Fez, you're a Bengals fan, right? I was. Oh, just like Van Vliet, they've disappointed I, you too oh, much? God, yes. <laughs> when, did that ha- yeah, when, when did that happen? That's With Sam Weish? <laughs> 20 years ago. All right. So, <laughs> I don't think they recovered when they were at home against the Steelers. And, like, the first play of the game, play action by Sam, it might not have been the first play. And I can't remember a Steeler lineman just put his helmet right in Carson Palmer's knee. Oh. I mean, Ouch. I think that was the year they won it in 2005. If I, I know they did play the Bengals on the road. I don't remember if that was the year he got hurt. I guess it would be, right? It was, yeah, I think. All right. I don't remember every week one, but you just seem to be more on it. And again, you're on it enough to be a winner. I'm saying you're even more on it. Well, you gave me the playbook, Coach. Yeah, I, I, like, I think his presentation has been excellent. Colts, Chargers. All right, quickly, how much of a downgrade uh, Brissette, I don't know. You might have heard he had a new contract. How much of a downgrade? Six points versus Andrew Luck, my number two rated, my former number two rated quarterback in the NFL. Now, Fez, I text him on Saturday night when Luck retired. I go, how many games of a downgrade? He said three. Market moved two and a half. I thought, hmm, Fez was off. It seems like the market's moved more towards your number, Fez. That's I've seen it keep drifting. Yeah, so there's some... Books tried to put out eight for a season win for the Colts, and those got snapped away. So seven and a half is the consensus number right now, down from 10 a couple months ago. So what you're saying is Buck Fezzik at your own risk. Exactly right. And your wife said the same thing. She oh. says a lot of things. That was a, never mind, never mind. <laughs> little print on, little, <laughs> at your own risk. That's pretty good, huh? <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Hey, now. All right, so Fezzy Wezzy, your pat. How many games did you pass? I'm going to call an audible. Oh. May I? Yes, please. I, I mean, if he's worth six points, Fez, you've got to be on the Colt. I but mean, rem- the remember track. now, the opening number or the number before he retired had built into it a real chance he'd miss game one, okay. right? Because that's a mistake. I mean, again, Brad's one of my favorites, but... So, Fez, explain that real quick. What's going on here is that there was uncertainty whether Luck was going to play or not, and was he going to be healthy? It's like he's speaking to a child. Yeah, but I'm talking about the line in the start of the summer. When this line came out, it was three. If Andrew Luck had played this line, I believe, I can't be certain. But, but hold believe, on, let's address this question. So, do you agree that when Cantor came out with the first number, or I guess week one, I don't know who came out with the first number, the line was three. It was actually three and a half. Okay, so you're saying it was three and a half. Now, first off, let's be clear about something. When you say it's actually three and a half, that presupposes that you know every line in the planet, local guy. So what, you need to quantify in, that. April and May, every sports book was dealing this But game who had the opener? I don't recall the So right. when you're saying yeah. absolutely what the opener was, you have no freaking idea. Correct. Okay. You can say the consensus number in April was three and a half. Correct. Okay. Fair. 
And your point is what now? Because my point would be, and the point I was making to Brad, is at some point, luck playing in the first game became uncertain. If we agree with your six points, if it was 50-50, maybe it's three points again. How did you see that affecting things? Well, well let me walk you through the summer, if I can, because my thank brain you works. For, thank you for walking us my, through. My brain works better chronologically. So the markets are really optimistic about Indianapolis. And this spread drops from three and a half to three and has every indication I felt that it was going to go all the way down to two and a half. And then right about July, concerns started regarding luck. Hey, how come he hasn't recovered from his May injury and the like? And so the line no longer was moving down. It started leaking back up. So it got down to as low as I call it 2.9, little vig on the dog at plus three. And then it moved back up to right around three and a half to four when luck retired. The line six and a half. Yeah, that's my then it point. moved. It, it moved from three and a half to four, and then as soon as he retired, the line actually bounced up to seven to seven and a half. Yeah, but you just said uh, you just misspoke. You said when he retired, it was four. Okay, yeah. So let's do this. Let's do this quickly. I don't want to hear about where you thought the line was going. That's bull. It either goes or it doesn't go. Especially considering luck was healthy, so if it was going to go there, it was going to go. Right? right? Wise guys don't sit around waiting, especially they might wait for the week of the game, but they're going to be, once there's multiple places open for week one, they're batting either early or they're batting the week of the game, yes. right? Or new information might make them bad or a different perspective, but why wait? Yes. Agreed? All right. So, under that thinking, what we're saying was one luck was healthy and expected to play. And let's take the line it was a couple days before he got injured in July. What was the line? Just give me the number. Three. Three. All right. Now, when Luck retired, what was the line a half hour before that? Four. And the line now, six and a half. Correct. So really what we're saying is the three to six and a half should represent the whole value of Luck. Yes. Okay. Because there was no injury. Brian, I might have to retract this and drain. Or uh, we'll see. Hold on. Yeah. I'm already saying. I'm giving you every fair shot. We could have breezed past that. And you could have said, oh, Audrey, what about? And I could have said, uh, add it, add it. But no, we don't add it. So, you know, I wouldn't have done it. But I would have found a way to, you know, turn off your mic. Like, <laughs> let's try it. Say something, Brad. That doesn't exist now. You're gone. Now you're back. Thank you. Exactly. But instead I said, let's slow down. Let's not give Brad Huey unless there's a reason to. I say a lot, but this is what we know about Faz. In all the five boroughs, I'm known. I'm known all over the f-ing world. Now, tomorrow we're in for a nightmare. All the love Fez is getting, it's going to be the worst show ever, I think, on SOV. If history's any indication, <laughs> really good stuff there. Why pessimism on the charts? Well, the Derwin James injury, but that's, you know, pretty public information. Melvin Gordon, there was some feeling that it was possible he would come back. Public information? He was injured. What? Right. right. It's pretty public. Yes. You mean if you, if you had the internet or you bought print newspapers? <laughs> yeah, it was known. <laughs> it was not known that Melvin Gordon would not be there. There was a possibility Gordon would be there. Yeah, when he held out, yeah. Yes, but... <laughs> The injury that's go- gone under the radar, and I really, I got. Frank- we should have let him quit when he was. I got to be frank. No, I, I researched this <laughs> today. Prince, this Okun 
injury to their lineman. What did he say? Russell Okuna. Oh, okay. He is really important. Let me make my case. He's the number 16 offensive lineman in the league, according to Pro Football Focus. He's got blood clots. He's going to be out. So you, you like Pro Football Focus when it comes to the lineman rankings? It's what I use. Where do you got Tunzo ranked? Tunzo Pro Football Focus has him. No, 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 no. Where do you have him ranked? Where Pro Football Focus has. Really? Because I, I, your note said he's top 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'm relying on Pro Football Focus. Okay. But now here's, Good idea. Now, here's the key, RJ. The Chargers... O-line with Okun was ranked 29th in the league by Pro Football Focus. So think about this. Their most important lineman, their best lineman, even with them, not good at all, ranked 29th in the league. So now without him, this could be a major problem. And when did he get hurt? I don't have the dates. It just seems weird that the move would happen not around when he got hurt, if that's his sword. Well, I think he's an, more of an under-the-radar guy because he's so, not so a just, skill just, position player. Uh, Fez, if people's moving the market weeks before a game, I think they know the best lineman on the team they're batting against, right? They're yeah, moving the markets? Yes. yes. So, right? I mean, it, listen, some things don't have rhyme or reason either. We try to eliminate... We try to, you know, I think we did a heck of a job here. I think that pessimism on the Chargers could be for many reasons. You know, I just had a flash here. I think what it might be is that there was fade money for the Chargers waiting. And then when luck thing happened, total reevaluation, they saw it get up over, the, you know, there were seven halves out there, right? Yes. And they gobbled them up. So they were waiting and then... After the luck move, they thought it's not getting higher than seven and a half. Let's grab it. Maybe we would have seen that money later, but we saw it earlier. Exactly right. And one more thing about the— Well, you don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but it's— So you can't tell me it's exactly right. You would say, I agree. I agree, RJ. And one cycling back to a point we've been talking about, teams resting starters in preseason. So the Chargers have been one of those teams that has been resting their starters liberally throughout the preseason. So what does that quarterback. mean? Another reason why people might want to be looking to bet against the Chargers week one. Yeah, figuring rust. Right. Giants, Cowboys. Cowboys minus seven. Zeke, again, straight out of Vegas, a lot of Zeke talk. Ufa, again. I mean, it felt like six years. Zeke won this one. I don't think it. I mean, it helps the Cowboys this game. It helps them this season. I don't. Let's just say if I had some ticket on, or there was a market on, will the Cowboys win a Super Bowl the next seven years? I think the odds went down with the Zeke signing. What do you think? Agreed, because you're paying a running back fifteen million a year for six years into his thirties, and they they hit on your cap for that, and basically your window. It's just not going to extend out more than likely more than two or three years, RJ. You mean the window of what? Of winning the Super Bowl. Because you're tying up so uh, much money. So what you're saying is with this deal, it obviously increases the chances this year versus not having Zeke. But you're saying it's so egregious in future years, you're almost locking yourself out. Eh, not that not that extreme, but you're really hurting your chances right. in your four, year five. Yeah. I mean, listen, the guaranteed money is what's important. They can cut him at a certain point, but he most guarantee in the history of any running back. And I dare say it was unprecedented that he sat out with two years of team control left, year four and 
uh, team option year five. And he got rewarded with the richest contract at his position ever. How much would you have bet that he wouldn't have gotten the richest contract given those circumstances? That's interesting. If by guaranteeing money, because I think that's what matters, I certainly think he was an underdog. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think he was much, you know, 30, 40%. I don't think it was that much of an underdog. Because what we see is every year this market's getting reset because the salary cap keeps going up. But I thought the Gurley injury would have reset the market for running backs. But does it reset the market or does it increase the disinclination to sign him early? Because this is effectively mm-hmm. when they sign Gurley entering his yes. first mm-hmm. year with two years left. Boy, they wish they had that. I said it a couple times with SOV. I'm going to say it real quick here. Jerry Jones really missed an opportunity to play gangster. Because he's such a player's coach, and what ends up happening is if he would have made one or player's owner, player's advocate, friendly to players, Brad, Michael Irvin back in the day, ooh, yeah, there you <laughs> go. That's the laugh I was hoping yeah. for. He was just dead silent. I think he was thinking about some girl or something. No. no. <laughs> but he, uh, Jerry Jones is player friendly, and what ends up happening was if he would have said, here's the exception, here's the time I'm not. After the agent, after Cabo, and he tells Zeke, hey, listen, I'm not signing this year no matter what, you know, extending you. Forget about it. We'll talk next fall or next summer. But, oh, by the way, you better be a team guy this year. No chance. (laughs) When Johnny Fontaine said, Jack Walton, no chance, Godfather, no chance. (laughs) I love the Godfather. So. Next year, team option, and Brad, you had the numbers. What was it like? Uh, three, 3.8 million this year, 9.1 million for next year. So still underpaying him. So yep. two more years of his prime. And by the way, what is the prime on running backs? Top 10 rushers, you had an amazing stat this year in the NFL, meaning the mo- 2018. Yeah, so the top 10 rushers in the NFL, nine of the top 10 were 24 or younger. Amazing. And Adrian Peters. Adrian, well, the exception being him. <laughs> then you literally could tag the, him. So you could not talk to Zeker's agent about a contract for three more seasons. He, unprecedented Lee, holds out. And literally, he gets the richest contract ever. Ugh. But you could have held back and said, and let's do the math. It was like 15, 9, and 3. Yeah, like 28 million. Instead, 50. So effectively, they're guaranteeing for year four and beyond because they can cut them whenever they want. That's interesting. 28 versus 50. Let me think about that. That's 23 million, isn't it? Let me double check. Wait, no, wait. 28. No, it's 22. Uh Oh. Uh -oh. (laughs) Well, hold on a second. 28 to 50, two gets you to 30. 22. You're right. Yeah, but I said 23, so I got it wrong. It, it is almost three hours into this phase. Let me double check. Yep, 22. All right. Oh, 23. 22. All right. Bad for the Cowboys. Bad moral hazard. I think the I bet the owners are furious at him. Jerry Jones' mortality. He's saying, I don't know if I got seven years. Jonas on the show said he could be dead any time, which was weird. It's like if he dies in the next couple of weeks, Uh-oh. yeah, it's going to be weird. Fast, who do you like? And by the way, Cowboys now up to 7 minus 115. What did the line do? 
The line was at seven, mm-hmm. and now there's extra vig on the Cowboys. But the extra vig is a nickel. Yeah, it's seen a minus the dollar twenty, minus the dollar fifteen, a little bit extra vig. Now what we'll say is this: it was also building in the line of chance he would play. We're not going through that one. Exactly right. But let me talk about why we are going to tease Dallas here. Remember, we teased Carolina first leg, Dallas or second leg. This is a pull back the curtain moment. Remember, we like to tease seven and a half point favorites down to one and a half. I can make the case that Dallas essentially is a seven and a half point favorite right now because there's extra vig on the minus seven. But this is a chance to take advantage of the dastardly bookie who, when you hit the teaser button, you're going to get whatever odds they charge you on a six point teaser. It doesn't matter if it's minus seven, lay a dollar ten or minus seven, lay a dollar twenty. You're going to get the same vig that you have to pay for the teaser. So I love taking a minus seven with extra vig and teasing it down to the minus one. Okay, now the theory is going up to seven and a half is preferable because you're off the seven fully, and then you're going to, let's say, from seven and a half down to one and a half. So really what you're gaining here is the minus one as a push? What I'm gaining is I could make the case that this line is essentially almost seven and a half. Yes, mm-hmm. so you're correct. I'm gaining the minus one. Right. Okay. So how much? how many cents is one worth? One's worth about six cents. So it's a little, but what I'm saying is if it's seven, it, so you're saying an advantage teaser, if it really was seven and a half, you'd be gaining 10 cents. So what you're saying is this feels like it's not an advantage, but you're saying you're gaining six versus 10. So you, it's a minus four center from a true seven and a half. Think about it because I actually thought it was better. All right, well, think on it. Let me think. Let me it's think. tight. But, and but, if, but, if you, yeah. but if, I, if I can't, if it was minus 7, lay $1.25 or minus $1.30. Now it gets even. Then it becomes a really, you can see the, the, juice, yeah. the, the juicy then, value of it. But, but if you count 7 as 10 and minus 30 is 20 extra cents above the minus 10, so that means you get to 7.5 effectively and you still got 10 cents to go, which gets you to 8 and 8.5. And yes. But then 8.5 gets down to 2.5. Right. So do you want to. So, so what we're saying is. Thinking of it this way at seven gives you more volume of teasers that are near advantage or maybe in some cases slightly better. Yeah, and just to use Well, a lot of people might freeze and say, oh, it's seven, I can't do the advantage. Exactly. So one book deals minus eight, another book deals minus seven, lay a dollar twenty-five. You can say, Hey, I like that teaser minus eight, but I love that teaser at minus well, seven. I gotta 25. be honest with you. Why don't you dig into that and and, and let's figure it out? Because Specifically, if it's seven minus twenty versus seven and a half, where the market mean, and that's what's confusing about this. On one hand, you might say, "Well, the book could have anything they want up," but we're saying the market prices dictate what it really should be, and thus dictating what kind of advantage you really are getting. Well said. Yeah, and there's some theories out there. The guy, that one guy, oh, what was his name? Poker Joe wrote a book, and I thought some of the best parts of it, and I thought it was good. Uh, was about if you are looking at what the true market is at any given time, that by looking at the off lines, you don't even have to handicap. You can understand in these scenarios, and again, I'm very much paraphrasing here, in these scenarios, we know that you know maybe it's Pinnacle plus Chris, whatever it is at any given year, we know what the line should be. Here's what the line is. When do you bat it? In what cases do you bat it? It's almost like the horse racing thing we were talking about, which is with the exotics and stuff, because the wind play show or wind specifically giving you the market. All right, Fez, I got to tell you, I mean, he's coming with detail. 
It's the NFL. I mean, no, but I'm saying it's really strong. Yeah. I mean, Brad's somehow trying to diminish it. <laughs> I don't know why. No, no, no. I mean, I would expect nothing less. It's Fez. It's the NFL. It's your sport, baby. Roll. So you're saying I'm overdoing the praise. Yeah, I guess I am. This is what I'm going to say, Fez. Not Brad. And there is no one that does it better. That's me. From to you. <laughs> Sunday night. Oh, speaking of love, Jimmy G. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. I hate saying it because it kind of belies. Might want to look at it for belies how much of a grinder I am. Because why make a big deal about it? But today, woke up like at seven, started prepping for the NFL. Had a business meeting, very interesting one, at eleven. Then rush here, did the radio show. Now again, it's my birthday. Eight p.m. Still here. So when that ship comes in, as Dylan would say, I am having zero guilt. I'm going to Uber black. Who knows what's going to happen? I might start eating a real crab, not imitation. I don't know what's I mean, It's going to be wild. Brad, you see that Uber black. You, you think about it, don't you? Uber black? No. <laughs> you don't? No. Hmm. Well, I don't think Brad ever leaves. Va- I don't think Brad leaves these three blocks. I don't much. It, this is one That's of the best fun. areas in town. Because there's no traffic, hardly. Yep. There's all kind of good stuff. Great movie theater. Wings. Baskin Robbins. The yep. Yeah. All right, Fez, hit us. All right. Pittsburgh, New England, under 50 best bet. RJ, this is the rare case where I have so many reasons I like this bet. I don't even know where to start. Let me start with Pittsburgh on the road. The Steelers play much lower scoring games on the road. They're 36 and 15 to the under since 2013. I think a lot of this has to do with Big Ben just being so much more comfortable in Heinz Field than on the road. Well, what about the Pittsburgh defense? Aren't we worried about them? I like what I saw in the preseason. I like that number one pick, linebacker Bush, playing really, really well. And I think that the Pittsburgh defense is going to be a lot better. Specifically, what I saw was week three. Well, a lot better. How about were they last year? Well, they were, they were decent. I mean, hmm. I'm just saying, I, I think maybe stats-wise, I agree with you. It was a young, surging defense last year. And like you said, the Michigan linebacker, I, I think you're right. Replace up, Fazier, yeah, you know. Up arrow. And so let's talk about the Pats. So so um, Pittsburgh's easy. Defense up arrow. Offense doesn't score as much on the road. Well, what about New England? New England, Brady a year older. We talked about those air yards, not throwing the ball downfield nearly as far as he has in the past. At least he did not last year. Their center is out, David Andrews. Uh, they have their, burnt, their speedster back, Gordon, but how much time has he had with the Patriots? There's going to be some rust there. So I expect that the New England offense is going to be a little bit down. And frankly, I think they've become more of a ground and pound team on offense. But on defense, I like what I've been seeing from the New England defense. And I think they've used a lot of draft picks on that defense. And I expect that to be improved. I'm staring at a 50 here and I don't see how it gets there. Love under. Come on. Don't see how it it gets there. I can't see how the line is being dealt at 50. It should be, the, the total should be significantly lower. 
Which is very different. Which is very different. Of yeah, course, you must have been at the top there. of your fucking class. <laughs> That's a new one. You know what's interesting, though? A ground and pound team. Now, I've read some people that really follow the tea leaves with the Pats, and they agree with you. They think with Brady's age, if you look at the draft choices, you're going to see a lot of running in this year from the Pats. You might be ahead of it here. I'm a little confused, though. We've got a bet. Will Tom Brady be in the top 11 of QBR? Now, if they're a ground-and-pound team and Brady gets to be a game manager, you think that helps his QBR? I did not give that bet out as my best bet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Don't tell your wife about that one. No. All right. Monday Night Football. Brad, do you have any picks? Yeah, I do, and this is my best bet. Okay. Yes. Now, Fez has a like, so please go against it. Go. Nope. I'm taking the Houston Texans. Oh, so you and Fez on the same side. No, I I was the originator in this one. Ah! I gave out if you're a loyalist. He gave you a dirty look. He's fine. Whatever. Houston (laughs) was, if you're a longtime listener to the podcast, I gave out Houston months ago here. And here's what I'm seeing. A New Orleans Saints team, that's the opponent for the Texans here, traditionally slow starters last Five years, the Saints, one and nine straight up, one and nine against the spread in the first two games of the season. I think there's extra incentive that we can expect possibly the Saints to get off to a slow start. Well, Fez, you gave out that Super Bowl hangover stat that the Super Bowl losers 316 and one against the spread. I can make a case you can throw the Saints in with the Super Bowl loser this year because all you heard all offseason is the Saints should have went to the Super Bowl if not for that egregious. But doesn't that potentially where you don't even get to go to the Super Bowl, so you have anger, but there isn't a sense you were one game away. Doesn't that maybe motivate a team? Well, it should have motivated them last year when they lost on the Minnesota Miracle. Yeah. You know something? That's the thing. Because you would think if Sean Payton, who puffy face and all, Fez <laughs> has as the second best coach, no jawline, and he still likes him, and you know, Fez... I read a study. Well, I didn't read a study. I saw a tweet of a study where they were looking at how aggressive a coach's face was, where they can say geometric or yeah, geometrically, it's attractive. The ratios versus aggressive and like that's a scary face. Coaches with a scary face in college make more money than coaches that are good looking. Hmm. Wow, that was just out. Literally, was making the rounds today. But Fez says, I don't care about any of that. I don't care what Sean Payton looks like. He's the second-best coach. You would think being one in nine in five years, there'd be some focus on getting ready for week one. Drew Brees, six passes in the preseason. Yeah. and Only. And, and there was a question mark at the end of last season, Drew Brees. Now, you can maybe with a full off season, he's going to – we can uh, – So the theory is he's older – not a year fully from when he started slipping. But he might Thanksgiving. be. He's going to certainly. But he's rested. He's rested. So he's probably going to be healthier than what he'll be at the end of the season. But still, there is some skepticism. Maybe it, he did start that decline because, let's face it, Peyton Manning went from one of the greatest seasons in the history of the NFL to two years later. I mean, couldn't play a below average quarterback. And I'm wondering if that decline wasn't maybe just an injury for Drew Brees, but maybe the decline was starting at the end of last season. Good stuff from Brad. And 
Let's get this straight now. Faz, you like I like Houston and my handicap is eerily similar yeah. to and, Brad's. And what I'm gonna pull it, up it, an email when I see it. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's too late in the game for that. <laughs> too late in the game. I will say this. This is what Brad has to say to Fez. He he actually slipped me this sound clip. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Brad, All right. Brad looks totally lost. You know what movie that's from? I have no idea. No idea. I said there will be blood on the radio show was one of my favorite or favorite movie of the decade. And Brad, you, your face lit up like you were a fan. I've Maybe you were thinking it. about that girl again or no, something. <laughs> Last game. Bron- and again, that prior one, Saints, double header on Monday night. Broncos, Raiders. We've got some data on this. You got it on the Hard Knocks teams in the regular season? I will get it. All right, cool. So we'll hold that, or that's common. Fez, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to lean to Denver here. Of course, the line has moved significantly. Denver, beginning of the summer, was catching three. Now it's pick them, RJ. Oakland was a horrible team last year, 2018, and they were minus 39 in sack differential. They absolutely could not protect their quarterback. Both of the Raiders... Guards are out on the O-line. Gabe Jackson is injured. All right, so out from what? What was projected months ago, recently? Um, out from, um, well, Gabe Jackson got injured. I don't know when he got injured. It was fairly a couple About three, three weeks ago. Yeah, three weeks ago. And Richie Incognito suspended. That was known. And he was, okay, so that doesn't affect anything, right? But, right. It, it, but yes, but the, the... I mean, in the market. But I mean. the fundamental mismatch, we're talking about a team that can't protect their quarterback. Now they got two linemen out. And they're playing Denver, who gets after the passer. Mm. Now that's interesting. D line against weak O line, and is that still the case? Denver strong on the D line. Yes. I mean, because I know it's couple. You know, it was all the way back when Manning won that Super Bowl and and before. Okay, so this is a play, and you lean it though. I just lean because the line has moved significantly. I like that. So good. Now, Brad also, he's getting all kind of good data for us. Brad, you had a pretty amazing stat, if I remember, on the line coach for the Raiders. Who was the former Seattle coach? Yeah, I think I was more the hitman as one appearance. Oh, okay. Cable being, you know. Yeah, yeah. So what it was, I'm just going by memory. I think the way we framed it was he had been like 13 years in the league as an head O-line coach. He's the guy. And not one time were they better – the number 20. 20. Yep. And thus, if you think, okay, and I guess we can calculate there's 12 slots instead of third, third, and third. But if you're effectively saying you're bottom third of the league, the odds of that are 0.33, Fez. Right? So I guess the question is, this will be our last thing, and we're giving Brad some time here, but I think he's got it now, is let's think about this now. If you're if you're in the final 12 of the 32, that's the thing to do. So go 12 divided by 32, Fez, and then go to the power, I think, of 13. And we should say the odds of not being outside of the... That. I don't know how to do Y to the X on this. Oh, uh, okay. So, so I, can I just take... So do you come without Do you come without a calculator now? No, I got this calculator. That doesn't do the I, calculations I, I sometimes spring my HP, but I can do it because I'm going to you know, you, you I know, know you can doing. go to scientific. I don't know that. But I know how to, I can just take. All right, all right, that's good.
Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.